Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com. Tracy.com and it's sex talk S E X T O K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? I'm good. I'm very well, actually. I've just been speaking to a very, very close girlfriend of mine who she won't mind me saying this is because I won't mention her name, but she's very, very, very interested in sex. And she listened to the podcast for the first time yesterday. And she, her text to me was, why didn't I know all this when I was married? Why wasn't this podcast out when I was married? <laughs> and do you know what I was thinking though, Sibby? I was thinking, well, in fact, actually I knew her when she was married and it, the information was there. It was in my books. But I think podcasts are very different, aren't they? That some people read, like you and I, and other people just don't read. Actually, she does read, but I don't know whether it would have occurred to her to read about... She's a fiction reader, and maybe it just didn't occur. I don't know. I feel like we reach so many more people talking maybe than reading these days. I think we're so used to to listening to things. I don't know. I think it's easy for people to kind of dip in and out, right? You can listen to us for a couple minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and it's not a big commitment. Plus, it's free. It's free, to be honest, right? Everybody can just, like, listen to us. It's like the radio, right? But buying a book is a commitment. It's an investment, and you have to then – and, I mean, I love books more than anybody, I think. But, well, Mm. I'm right up there with the biggest book lovers in the world. I know. Do you know what else I read about book? Somebody, Caitlin Moran, who's a writer in the UK, Oh, yeah, I love her. She was on my podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. And she made a comment about that somebody had made a point that you pay $3.99, like pounds, for a greeting card that's two pieces of paper with three words in it, and yet you balk at paying six ninety nine for a book that's got a million words in it. Isn't that's it so funny. weird that we'll yes. do that? So yes. why don't we send books instead of greeting cards? Yes. We should, shouldn't we? We should. We totally should. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. I make such weird decisions about what I am willing to pay for and what I'm not, right? Like, I'm yeah, like, oh, I have to rent this movie on iTunes. I could never buy it. It's sixteen ninety nine. But meanwhile, like, if, if I'm at a restaurant, it's not... You know what oh, I mean? It, 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 I don't know. My, I make no. Listen, the way I make restaurants decisions is so the, illogical. But but I think everybody does. Restaurants are the bigger. I mean, I love restaurants. My favorite things. But I come back and I think, Christ, we could have bought that with that. Actually, we could have right, been on holiday. Yes. With some yes, of the restaurants. It's so it's such a waste. And then I'm like, yeah, I didn't even like that go. drink. Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> question number one: Is there such a thing as an aphrodisiac? Oysters, chocolate, things like that? I suspect the answer is no. But I'm curious if things like Spanish fly ever did work. Well, I thought this was a really good question, actually, because the answer, everyone out there is thinking, no, of course not. And and no, there is no scientific evidence that 
any food is proven to stimulate the sex organs. But the appearance of certain types of food, the act of eating the food, can make us think and feel like sex. So in a way, there is an aphrodisiac. They are an aphrodisiac. So things like oysters, I mean, I looked up, because they've been around for so long, oysters are meant to be an aphrodisiac. And there is absolutely nothing in oysters that would chemically stimulate these sex organs, okay? But I think why oysters, well, number one, they look a bit like the female genitalia in not a terribly flattering way. The other thing about oysters, though, I think it's because they're such a treat. And especially in the old days, like when I was young, if you got taken to a restaurant that served oysters and some guy bought you oysters, it was like... I'm really serious about you and I really fancy you. And it was, it was a suggestion, you know, that, you know, you might end up in bed together. So I think we have kept that going all throughout the years. The other one, chocolate. I mean, do you remember this? In the 80s, they discovered that chocolate contained what's called PEA, which is something that we secrete from the central nervous system when we fall in love or in lust. And it floods our bodies and makes us feel amazing. So everybody was like, that's why chocolate's so amazing. That's why people give chocolates to women. They're trying to turn them on. And of course, you know, when they actually looked into it, the amount of PEA in chocolate, you would literally have to eat a truckload to get, you know, any effect whatsoever. But it's sort of stuck. I think that chocolate's going to boost your Not sex to drive or whatever. Make you feel old or anything, but I was in preschool when the 80s started. So. <laughs> Thanks for that, Zippy. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem at all. Right, Spanish fly will be something. Have you even heard of Spanish fly? I have not. Right. Okay. It's it's been around forever, and it and it used to be. Well, it was in the Roman times actually. The Spanish fly first came out. And it's based on blister beetles, which are called blister beetles because they form blisters if they bite you or you get them on your skin. But what the good old Romans figured out, the good old hedonistic Romans, is that if you dried these beetles up and crushed them and made men drink them, they would get a burning sensation in their urinary tract, which would also produce an erection, right? So they thought, brilliant, we've hit on something here. So then they dried it up, crushed it, put it into the drinks and gave it to prostitutes, women they wanted to have sex with, thinking that it would make their genitals swell and they would become aroused. What happened instead was that the women actually got seizures, convulsions, <laughs> vomited. I'm and sorry, died. I don't need to laugh. <laughs> And died. So there's all these men, like really famous Romans who actually got put in jail for killing off prostitutes by giving them Spanish fly. But you will still see it in really dodgy pharmacies, Spanish fly. And that usually, if you ever see it out there, it just means, it's a, it's it's sort of almost a, a word for aphrodisiac these days. And if you see that, it's just a mix of herbs and things like ginseng. They don't work. Please don't waste your money on anything like that. So in terms of food and aphrodisiacs, there is only one thing that will help your sex life and that's a good diet because if you eat a healthy diet then you're going to look better you're going to feel better about yourself and have more energy for sex but other stuff there is other stuff other than a food that does indeed have aphrodisiac qualities alcohol for one right I think most people would agree that one drink a little of what you fancy is indeed relaxes inhibitions you know gives people the dutch courage to make sexual advances relaxes inhibitions so that in a sense is an aphrodisiac though too much not so good because you get brewer's droop and you're less sensitive 
Viagra, contrary to popular belief, is not an aphrodisiac because Viagra relaxes the, the blood flow so that it fills the chambers, creates an erection, but you've got to have stimulation to create the erection. It won't, if you just sit there and don't touch the penis, nothing will happen. It's not just going to suddenly get erect and the man get excited. So you've got to add stimulation to the mix for Viagra. And in fact, there was a US study done with Viagra for women. And even though it did do what it did to men, it made the blood flow to the genitals, which is what happens when you're aroused. Just that alone didn't make women feel like sex any more than any other time, just mm. as a man can have an erection and not feel like sex. So the body might be willing, but the, you know, the mind's not necessarily following along with that. Now, this what is, does this is work... Like, this is like taking medicine to make you feel full and not eat so much when yeah, really you yeah, eat a lot, yeah. having nothing to do with how full you are sometimes. Exactly. Right? All, those, all those fiber drinks. I never understood those. Same deal, isn't it? Now, the one thing that does work is weed smoking weed. And they did a study in Missouri, which is a fascinating study done by a woman who, who specialised in low sexual dysfunction. So women who had low desire. So she's obviously skewed. This is a skewed result. But hilariously, this is in Missouri. So it's 365 people that she, she did the study on. Of those 373, sorry, 127 of them use marijuana. And I was wow. like, what? Hang on a minute. What? This is a bit okay. high. It's because it's medicinally, medicinal marijuana is approved and legal there. So that's why the skewed result. It must have been in some type of area that also produce more dope smokers because I found that extraordinary. But the results were extraordinary because 69% of the weed smokers said sex was more pleasurable. 61% said they had an increased drive for sex. And 53% said their orgasms were better. And the reason why is that because... Smoking weed lowers stress, time slows down, so you're in the moment. So pressure's, pleasure's prolonged and it heightens the senses as, you know, anyone who's ever done it. But I have to say it's for some people, not other people. Like for me, that would really work and I'd be on board with doing that, a little bit of weed to make myself in the mood. My husband would divorce me immediately because he could think of nothing worse. <laughs> you know, so it's all, you know, MDMA, by the way, is that love drug, ecstasy, all that seems to do is make people more lovey, less sexy. And coke is such a dreadful, disgusting drug that even if it was an aphrodisiac, I wouldn't be telling anyone it was. But in fact, if you are thinking that it is, it's not. All it does is it makes sex very unsatisfactory because most people who do loads of coke can't orgasm anyway. Hmm. So there you go. A little history of aphrodisiacs. A little drug chart, right? <laughs> if you yeah. take this drug. Anyway, not recommending taking drugs at Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
at all. No. Okay. Number two, I have no problems asking for what I want in bed, but I feel like I'm talking to myself with my new partner. It's not easy for me to orgasm because I need very specific stimulation. I'm a gay man, by the way, so it's not true that all men can orgasm without issues. I've explained what I need done to my boyfriend many, many times, yet he still doesn't do it. What do I do now? Are we going to explain why you're whispering like that? I'm whispering like that. Because my my teenage son is in is wearing headphones nearby, but I'm paranoid that he can hear me and I can't utter the word aloud, which may but say you something about you. my parenting ability in this realm. But anyway, and also I'm saying the word orgasm, so <laughs> I'm turning down the volume. Oh my god! Now, okay, so actually. The gay guy saying not everyone finds it easy to orgasm, that is something that I say all the time, so I stand corrected on that. I do say that men find it really easy to orgasm. Now, you haven't turned it down so much that you can't hear me. Can, I can have, hear you. I can good, hear you. Good. All right, then. So I think this is a big deal, and I think it's a big deal when no one listens to you, when you, when you, if you don't feel heard in bed by your partner, because the majority of people really aren't that comfortable directing their partners. Lots of people find it really, really difficult, and the reason reason why is that they think that, you know, so if you've sort of got up the courage to do it, it's quite hurtful and, and almost insulting if your partner just ignores you and doesn't take it on board. Right. So the first thing I would say to anyone who doesn't feel like if they're giving their partner instruction that they're doing what they're saying or sort of getting the hint is... Have you been as clear as you think you are? Because lots of people use very subtle body language cues. Like they'll they'll push the odd hand away now and then, you know, or they'll pull somebody closer if they're doing something that they like, which is something that is great and works on lots of people. That sort of subtle signaling is sometimes preferred by couples who are very good at picking up on each other's cues. But it doesn't, some people just completely over their head, just does not work. So if you've tried to signal in a subtle way, You've got to say it. You've got to say, look, you know, when you do X, it feels, you know, it feels great, but could you do it for longer? Or, you know, instead of X, could you do Y? Y feels amazing. Now, I'm aware that this guy sounds like he's absolutely spelt it out. So I'm not suggesting, I'm just saying that for other people. So if you feel like you've given body language cues and they haven't been picked up, you've got to come out and say it. Now, the other thing I would say, particularly in relevance to this question, is chat outside the bedroom not while you're having sex, because during sex, people get very distracted. And some people just hate any type of direction. They feel that it's a criticism, that they feel embarrassed, that they somehow didn't know this. You know, we, some people just think you should be born knowing everything to do with bed. They feel quite affronted. They feel judged. So they don't actually listen. All they hear is, could you do this? And then their brain cuts off the rest and they're thinking, oh my God, I'm really bad in bed. I'm bad in bed. I'm bad in bed. And that's all they're thinking. So have a chat outside the bedroom where it's less emotional and you're going to get their full attention. And always start with something positive like, you know, I really love our sex. And then you could say, you know, I also, I find it easier if you do X, Y, and Z. I think I've made myself clear, but I just wanted to have a chat about it. So non-offensive language. Now, what's the obvious thing that you're thinking here? Because I had, the minute I read that, I was like, damn, why isn't this person on the end of the phone? I don't know. I want to know what it, what is it? What does he want his boyfriend yeah, to right. do? Yeah, right. What does he want to tell him? Now, what's what's the specific stimulation? Yeah. What is it? Because I think it could be that your boyfriend knows exactly what it is that you want him to do, but he just doesn't want to do it. Oh, well, that's that's unfortunate. 
Yeah, so it might be that he's not comfortable. It might be that he's maybe he's tried it and he didn't feel he was very good at it and he feels a bit embarrassed saying, well, can you teach me again because I don't feel I'm very good at this. Or it might be that one part of it he's not comfortable with. It's like, for instance, say, you know, you say to somebody, I'd look, I, want to, I want you to give me way more oral sex and, you know, with a lot of women it's like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to swallow, right? But if it's, it's not the oral sex they have a problem with, it's the swallowing bit that they have the problem with. So it might be just one part of it that they don't like, or it might be something like maybe they're, they're, his ex didn't like it or made him do it and he didn't like the ex and it's bringing up all these memories. I think that if you chat, all will become clear. But I, my instinct is it's not that you haven't been heard because you you were very precise precise and to the point in your question. I reckon he just doesn't want to do it for some reason. Hmm. And that's what you have to tackle. Maybe we need a little therapy here. By the way, there is a great book. You have to Google William Dameron. And it's a memoir that he wrote. He had been married to a woman, came out as gay, and fell in love and married a man. And he writes really beautiful about midlife gay marriage and sex and mm. how it's not always what the media might depict it to be and what it's really like. And it's a beautifully written book. Anyway. Oh, how lovely. What was it called again? I think it's called The the Lie. I read this a couple of years ago, but I love yeah. Bill Dameron. Hold on. Oh, I'm that looking it up right now. It's called The Lie. Yes. A memoir mm. of two marriages, catfishing and coming out. But yeah. I highly recommend it. The Lie, William Dameron. Okay. We'll be okay. looking that up and reading that. Okay. All right. Question number three. I met my partner on Tinder, and once I decided I really liked him, took myself off all the dating apps. I thought he had done the same and got a shock when I looked to see he's still on there and was active recently. We've been seeing each other once a month, and it's really full on. What does this mean, and how do I deal with it? No, it's one month they've been seeing each other. Oh, sorry. Yeah, We've been seeing each other... Oh, we've been seeing each other a month and it's really full on. What does this mean and how do I deal with it? God, Zippy, did you ever do online dating? No. I didn't. No, I've never done online dating and I'm so happy. <laughs> I never I did, though, help dating. my a 70-year-old friend of my mother's with her dating life by pretending to be her and joining lots of dating apps <laughs> to try to get her some dates, which was really funny. Did it work? But I ended up having, you know, older men really weren't excited about dating a 70-plus-year-old woman, no. so I had to kind of change things around a little bit. <laughs> did it work in the end? Did she find someone or not? She did not. Oh no. I've helped loads of friends with it as well. And I can see I can see the positives and I can also see the negatives of it all. And things like this is so difficult to navigate because if you take your profile off too soon and they know your profile's on there, so they're gonna look, aren't they? Then they'll think you're too keen too early. But if you leave it on for too long, it looks like you don't think they're special and you don't, you know. So what is the correct time? And I um I did a bit of a Twitter thing with this and asked everybody on Twitter what they thought. And honest to God, it is so personal. One person will say, the minute I know they're special, the other person will say, wait for three months, because it's not until three months, so you know it's going to last. And I, you know, agree with all of them. But my thing would be is that people fall in love at different speeds. And you know, it might take you three dates and you're like, I know this person is the one person for me. But it doesn't mean it's going to take your the person you fall in love with that long. They might be far more cautious and might take a little bit more time. So hence why it's like there is no set time. And also, you know, it doesn't mean if somebody falls in love slower than you, it doesn't mean they're not going to love you as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it means they just have a different 
you know, different needs that, that they need to tick before they commit to people. So I say with all of this, apply that on top, that everybody's different with the speed they fall in love. The thing that I would absolutely... The big question here to this lady who wrote, lady, woman who wrote in, is have you talked about if you're mm-hmm. monogamous? Because I think she's assuming it. And you should never, ever assume anything. Always ask. Because the overriding thing that came through when I looked up dating experts advice, everything is most people delete their profile when they agree to be monogamous with the person. So yeah. that seems to be, if you want to generalise, you know, thing that everybody agrees on, that's it. So... I think what she should do, because I suspect she hasn't had a conversation, is say, you know, hey, we've been going out for a month now. I was thinking, you know, are we going to be exclusive or not? Because I was thinking I might take down my dating profile and I was wondering if you were going to do the same. Or actually, he's taken it down, hasn't he? So she could say, you know, because I've taken down my profile and maybe, you know, I was wondering if you were going to do the same or am I jumping to conclusions and just open up a discussion. And I think that is totally acceptable if they've been dating full on for a month that's I mean I'm assuming that's at least a couple of times a week you know lots of phone calls and contact a month's quite a long time I think it's fully acceptable to ask and don't you I think that's okay to sort of ask that question after I that think of time. communication is always a good thing I yeah, think it's exactly. you know but you have to be careful so you're not like I mean it can't be too soon it's touchy. No. I think each situation you have to feel out a little bit Having not speaking, I feel guilty even like weighing in on this, but I do know people who use apps and, you know, it's tricky. It's kind of like a game. Yeah, it it does become a game. And that's the, her other question was, what does it mean about your, what the relationship? Does it mean that he doesn't, you know, he's not as into it? Well, if his profile was just up and not active, I would say it means absolutely nothing because women are so, it's been agonized. When should I take it down? What does it mean? Blah, blah. Men, some, I mean, that guy, say you end up together and end up married with 500 children, he'd probably just leave it up there forever. They can't be bothered going and taking it down. They're too lazy. They'll just leave it up there. It means nothing. True. In lots but of if cases. he's active though, that means he's like, That's, you know, Exactly right. Yeah. Now, there's active and active. So active means that when you go on these apps, it means that you can see whether it's the last time somebody's looked at the app, just so you know if the mm-hmm. guy has gone off mm-hmm. and got married and had 500 kids at, you know, pointless contacting them. So there's active and active. So it could be lots of people get, I know people who are in really serious relationships and still scroll through their dating apps because it's entertainment for them, right? It means nothing. It's just entertainment. But if he is messaging anyone or contacting anyone, that is the big difference, isn't it? So scrolling through aimlessly is one thing. Contacting these these other women is another thing. But then again, maybe you're super hot and he's all feeling nervous about the fact that, you know, am I good enough for her and he's going on there to get an ego stroke from these other women. It's so personal, this sort of stuff. I really, really do think so. But the only way to find out is to ask casually and just say, hey, notice your dating app's still up. I've taken mine down. What's that about? Keep it light. Keep it light. And if he turns around and says, what the hell are you thinking? You know, like, we're not monogamous. I don't want a relationship. Better to find out now, surely. Very true. Very true. Okay. Sex challenge of the week. Sex challenge of the week is to... I wonder if anyone's looked at the sex challenges thing, by the way. I know, I hope so, because you did such a good job. Oh, thank you very much. So the sex challenge this week is to give each other a spanking. It's one of those things that couples go, 
oh, we've all done that. And they haven't. I mean, people say, yeah, I've tried that. And I go, did, have you when? When did you try that? How did it go? What circumstances? <laughs> you know what I'm like? And they're like, oh, actually, I haven't tried it. And do it. It's just quite a fun. It's a funny thing to do. And some people really, really like it. So wait until your partner's aroused because then they'll be more open to it and respect, receptive to erotic pain. And then basically just start with the buttock cheek closest to you. Keep your wrist flexible, cup your hand and always do it in an upward motion. It feels a lot better on the buttock than a downward motion. Interesting. Food yeah. for thought. <laughs> and it's just a fun thing that maybe you might both might get into. Lots of people do it as a bit of a laugh and then they really quite like it. And it goes well with tie-up games, obviously. No, it's obvious to me. <laughs> I have that, the did you try it, but when did you try it thing with my daughter at dinner last night because... I was having some sweet potato fries and I offered one to her. I was like, these are so good. And she's like, I don't like sweet potato fries. And I was like, when, have you tried them? And she's like, yes. And I was like, come on, <laughs> when's the last time you tried it? And she's like, I don't know. You know, what is she going to do? She's like eight years old. Like, a couple years ago. And I was like, okay, oh, we'll try it again. Her. Anyway, it didn't work, but whatever. No, she didn't, Perhaps no. people listening to this and, and spanking will be a little bit different. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Tracy. This was fun as always. Thanks for making me laugh. And you always me make me laugh way. too. So, thanks. so much fun. All right. See, well, actually, yeah. See you next week. Okay. See you bye. next week. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. 